2: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, football fans across the nation and around the world. This is Tim May with the Tim May Podcast. And, yes, I'm a little subdued this week uh, as I welcome in my co-pilot, Austin Ward. Austin, welcome once again to the Tim May Podcast. Missed you last week, my man. Feeling better. Yeah, feeling better, too, after Saturday. I mean, you can tell when I get down in the dumps, I don't don't even do much on Twitter. I retweeted a lot of things, but I didn't do do much tweeting because that's uh, when we – Got the news that former Ohio State record-setting quarterback, records-setting quarterback, uh, Dwayne Eskins Jr., had been killed in a bizarre uh, early morning uh, accident in in Florida, right out right outside the Fort Lauderdale airport. Uh, it was for some reason or that he was walking on I-595 um, by himself and, uh, according to the police, got hit by a dump truck while, while he was trying to cross the lanes of traffic there and, It's still, as you and I record this on a a Monday afternoon, it's still sort of stupefying and also a mystery of why he was where he was, but that doesn't lessen the shock of finding out that uh, Dwayne Askins Jr., one of the great people you and I have ever dealt with, uh, was by himself walking in the middle of a Florida freeway. It doesn't change the fact that he was one of the great people you've ever met. Yeah, it was –
0: not not enjoyable news, the kind that of nobody wants to get it was kind of surreal, like out of everybody you know in the entire world that this could happen to and it's it's Dwayne Haskins like are we sure that that can't be right and uh, lo and behold it it was, and uh, you know you're just seeing the outpouring of grief and celebrations of life and everything else from his teammates and those who uh, were blessed to get to know him or cover him or uh, be around him even for a minute. You've seen, you know, kids that got to shake his hand one time and how thankful they were to get a glove or what, you know, he touched so many lives in such a short amount of time. And I think it's, it's a little bit crazy to me how uh, dramatically the appreciation returned for many who looked at Dwayne for the NFL or arguing about Joe Burrow and it overshadowed what was one of the all time great Ohio state seasons individually, not just for a quarterback, not just for, uh, you know, yeah. position. Yeah. Uh, one of the best seasons that anyone in the big 10 has ever had. And it was, you know, it's, it's almost become like a, a footnote to some people and, if there's any sort of silver lining for this purely from the on-field perspective, not talking about what a great guy, we, we will get into that, that Dwayne Haskins Jr. was off the field and, and all that. But I think Saturday was so sobering that it, it's removed the rest of that and allowed for people to look back at what he did in the game in 2017 and on the way to a Heisman Trophy finalist campaign in 2018 and a Rose Bowl championship. What I thought should have been a Heisman Trophy-winning season, uh, if people had a, uh, at the time even appreciated it the way they should. Yeah, um, that matter in itself. But um, I, I, when I wrote on Saturday, and I had a lot of things that I wanted to say, and I, you know, it was difficult to to write and think. But the first thing that came to mind was how incredible he was in 2018. My appreciation for getting to watch what he did and the way that that altered the course of Ohio State history at quarterback for Ryan Day, for Justin Fields, for CJ Stroud, for Kyle McCord, for Devin Brown, on down the road. None of that would have been possible without Dwayne Haskins Jr. And uh, of course, we give all of our thoughts and prayers to his family, friends, brothers, uh, brotherhood, Buckeyes, all of that. Um, I'm... (laughs) I can't really believe it still, so um, I'm yeah. a little bit off the rails talking about it and all over the place, but that's – I think everybody's kind of scattered thoughts trying to piece them together because it's such a shocking turn of events.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, when you start talking about what a great guy he was, I mean, he's, it's almost like you had to have experienced him to really understand what we're talking about. But, you know, going back to that 2018 season, he even set records in their one loss. You know, he set record for the most passes ever thrown by a quarterback – from Ohio State in the game, and the most completions, which I think were 43 in that game. Uh, you know, even when they got beat, he set some passing records. It was, uh, in, all, in all accounts, just an astounding season that got better as that year went on, crescendoed, you know, to, a, uh, to that ridiculous game against Michigan, six touchdown passes, and then uh, Big Ten championship game a victory, and then, of course, a Rose Bowl victory, which is ironic because the guest I had on, I'm having on this week, uh, we're going to get to our com- my conversation with him in a minute, is Urban Meyer. That happened to be Urban Meyer's last season as the head coach at Ohio State. And uh, he was part and parcel to, uh, in essence, uh, making the decisions uh, about Dwayne Haskins Jr. becoming a starting quarterback. We all remember what happened that spring. They were in a, he was on a Donny Brook with Joe Burrow for that starting starting quarterback job. And um, promises could not be made after spring about who the starting quarterback was, but especially to Joe Burrow, who then opted to transfer out and go to LSU and two years later win the Heisman Trophy. Crazy what kind of a quarterback room they had, right? But uh, I get into a conversation with Urban just about Dwayne, about his family, about how, you know, uh, what a great guy Dwayne was, what a leader he was. As it turned out, you know, in one short year, he just he really took the reins. And, yeah, you know, uh, near the end there, since I haven't talked to Urban since the uh, the debacle at Jacksonville. I do ask him that salient question. You know, for sure. You knew who Aaron Donald was. Right. Uh, and, you know, of course, he knew who Aaron Donald was. We all know what I'm referring to. There uh, an article written about Urban a few weeks ago about he was so out of touch. He so out of the ballpark. He didn't even know who Aaron Donald was, which was a joke. It wasn't a joke the way it was written, but it was a joke for you and me and people who know Urban. Of course, he knew who he was. Uh, But then we get into that, but he kind of wants to put Jacksonville behind him. We'll we'll talk about some of his future plans too. But uh, real quick, uh, before we get to that conversation with Urban, uh, is there one – just give me a short little moment or thought of Dwayne Haskins Jr. that just keeps flipping through your mind right now. Uh, I remember – You know,
0: the game is is the one that comes to mind for me first, and I I guess it's part of it is because when we started Letterman Rowe and we started doing these Buckeye cues, he was the first person that we did because uh, what had happened in that game, and then he won the job, and then we started in you know the summer of 2018. So I watched. I wound up. That's right. into, you know, what does Dwayne Haskins do? He's one of the first people that did stuff with us. This is not a memory necessarily of the great times that I got to talk with him after a practice, and I talked on Letterman Live and and on the radio with Bo Bishop about the smile. I've done that a lot of times, and, I, you know, I don't want to keep repeating the same stories over and over, but when you ask me the first thing I think of, I'm I'm almost always, you know, I'd love to defer to them off the field. But what he did was truly special. On it, yeah. he's one of the best, uh, you know, passers that I've ever seen. Pure passers. We can get into debates forever now about CJ and Justin and Dwayne and who you would want to build around. Not going to do any of that today. I'm going to think about sitting down there, and we had one game to work off really, which was Dwayne coming off the bench, cold, and trailing in Ann Arbor. Yeah. And we, I think we must have watched. Evan Spencer and I, the third down throw to Austin Mack, we probably watched it 60 times. And, you know, making, you know, breaking down what Dwayne Haskins could do, the potential for him, you know, those few plays that he made, the scramble that was, um, you know, later on to can finish off a drive to lead that comeback, uh, the incredible self-confidence that we all had talked about with Dwayne Haskins with yep. that smile and the gleam in his eye. Wouldn't have been possible for him to go do what he did in those circumstances. Uh, Bad weather, trailing, facing third and long, really good team, uh, on the road, all that stuff. Uh, None of it would have been possible if he didn't always know that he was built to do that. Ryan Day made reference to that uh, on Monday morning in his press conference. But that game, and it set the stage for everything. When we're talking about Joe Burrow in the competition of eighteen. In the spring, when we're talking about, you know, building rapport and chemistry with Paris Campbell and Terry McLaurin and Austin Mack and Johnny Dixon, you know, Ben Victor, all of that was the scene was planted right there in the big house. And it's the list of people that can do what he did is so incredibly small. And he had an opportunity that he made the most of. And it was like a rocket to me. I never thought that he was going to lose the, the competition in spring. I'll yeah. Say
2: that. Yeah. yeah, I know you did. Uh, but Joe Burrow was pretty damn good. I mean, <laughs> and that, again, that
0: has nothing to do with right. Joe. Burrow. Right. The guy that you're that going to talk to later on. I know for a fact that he could not get out of his mind what he saw in the game that mattered to of him. Of course. Of course. And it was special. It was a like, trump card. I knew that that was in his mind and it was never going to be replaced from it. Oh, that yeah. was that was the trump card.
2: We all knew that. I mean, we all knew this is a guy. I mean, even, you know, Joe Burrow I've had his dad on several times, we talked about it one time and you know, what 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 Dwayne had that Joe didn't have was that was that game against Michigan. You can't get it out of your mind. This is a guy that you know, in the most dire of circumstances pulled out a victory, went off went onto the field and pulled out a victory in the game. Crazy. I mean, if you if that doesn't show you, number one, he can throw the ball. <laughs> but number two, that he has poise that uh, no matter what what happens, he's going to be unflappable. I mean, that's what you're looking for in a starting quarterback. And uh, and it's too bad Joe didn't have that. And, of course, it's too bad Joe broke his wrist or, or broke that bone in his hand, you know, in preseason in 2017, or things might have been totally different. Urban and I talked about that a little bit. You know, it's like it's just happenstance, man. Things happen. But, man, what a quarterback room. What a quarterback room. And, by the way, I'm glad I didn't ask you to keep, give me a long answer to that question or we'd still be sitting there. You know what I'm talking about, man. See, once you get going about Dwayne Askins, there's so much, so many layers to the story, you can't stop, right? I just – I feel strongly about it that he
0: hasn't got – He's just due. He hasn't got the appreciation that he deserves. Yeah. I feel that deep down. And it's not just about what people said on Saturday – way it was framed by certain reporters. It's not even about that. No the NFL career has not worked out the way that he envisioned, by the way, it wasn't done yet because he's only 24 years old. Right. Physical tools have not diminished, but all that's all the way talking about. Yeah. Uh, he, he, you know, he had struggled in the NFL or man, if only Joe Burrow had done this instead of Dwayne Haskins, I feel like all of this takes away from accomplishment that few people have ever in their life come close to reaching.
2: Yeah. yeah.
0: A transcendent talent in 2018. And
2: best the, quarterback in the country that year, but go ahead. Other yeah. than that, <laughs> I mean,
0: look at the numbers. Like, yeah. even while
2: it was happening,
0: he was being held responsible for something on the defensive side of the football that he had no control over. You mentioned the Purdue game and the way that it was perceived even at the Heisman. I wrote then that I thought he was snubbed and that he deserved to win. The numbers were just, they're hard to fathom. And especially when you place them in not just historical context at Ohio State, but the Big Ten as a whole. I mean, look, the guy who won it, he was a great player too. i not trying to take anything away from him. But I felt even in the moment that Dwayne still wasn't getting enough acclaim for what he was doing. And I've always felt that way. And yes, you and I have had conversations about tw- spring of 2018, Letterman Live. We do that. We participate in that s- that stuff all the time. But I always try to keep in mind this part of it, which was that he went in with a lead. Yeah. He was
2: Joe Burrow was going to have to do something all- out of this world. Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Of what happened in
2: 20. no, but a lot of people revisionist history. I mean, you know, and I remind people in 2018, you know. Joe became a great player in 2019. In 2018 at LSU, he was not a great player. Uh, and But that's, you know, that's just to argue about. Joe Burrow is an incredible quarterback. So was Dwayne Haskins Jr., you know. And uh, if, if Joe Burrow could have accounted for more than 54 touchdowns that year in 18, including 50 throwing passing touchdowns, which were a record, over 4,000 yards passing, uh, which Dwayne Haskins accumulated also, which – or both Big Ten records, uh, more power to it. You know what I mean? And But we'll we'll never know. What we do know is that Dwayne Haskins Jr. is gone way too soon, way too soon. And that's why I have this conversation coming up with Urban Meyer about this fellow who ended up being Urban Meyer's last starting quarterback in college football. And let's get right to that, my conversation with Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer, thanks for joining me again on my podcast, my man. Uh, uh, Under some tough circumstances, though, we're we we're talking about uh, Dwayne Haskins Jr., the sudden passing of Dwayne Haskins Jr. in a horrific accident down in Florida. But, uh, you know, I think of Dwayne Haskins Jr. I think of his smile. I think of his intelligence. Uh, I think of his uh, personality, just a great guy to be around. And uh, just a, what's the first thing that comes to mind for you with, when I say the the two words, Dwayne Haskins?
1: His parents and sister. You know, that in the world of recruiting, which, you know, I, I was – trying to count how many high schools one day. is like 5,000 high schools, so many families. And, and then you come across a family that they really devoted everything to their kids. And, and you think about what they did. They pulled them out of a high school and put them at Bullis High School, a, a very expensive high-end, uh, and his sister, Tamia is very involved in the arts. Mom and dad are awesome. I mean, I, that's right. I can't get past that. You know, I've been getting a lot of phone calls about. Boy, he threw the ball well. Absolutely great, great player, great person. Uh, I know he's in a better place because his faith is so strong. But yeah. the people that are hurting the most are his friends, and then his his parents and sister. I I mean, I'm I'm thinking of that. I think about that 24 seven.
2: Yeah, and it was stunning news when you hear something like that of a of a young man passing so so early in life at 24. 24 years old. Right. I mean, it's just, it's hard to wrap your head around.
1: Isn't it? Yeah. It's, it makes no sense. And then not that it's our job, but you start getting details and you're, you're asking, I asked people, I was like, what, what happened? Yeah. Cause I know he was, uh, he had zero issues now. I mean, when I talk about the perfect kid that he was perfect, he, you know, he, he was strong in his faith. He was devoted to his wife. He's devoted to his family, devoted to his, uh, God, and I'm just – it, but, you know, things happen, but it, it just makes no sense, Tim.
2: Yeah, exactly. Well, hey, I wanted to ask you, though, I did want to ask you this about football because, you know, Dwayne Haskins, for me, indicated a pivot point, in my opinion, when it came to offense at Ohio State. You had taken over in 2012, and offensively things just kept incrementally climbing big time, you know, with Braxton Miller and J.T. Barrett uh, as the quarterbacks. But, of course, what stood out by both those guys is they could both – run a lot you know they both ran a lot uh but then Dwayne you know would barely run for the bus you know what I mean I mean he was a guy that you had to you had to cajole to get to run finally that Maryland game he did but in 2018 uh I, I think you agree your last season at Ohio State things turned dramatically toward a big-time passing game and was that that, that wasn't necessarily by design was it, it was more about playing the best guy right I mean explain that what what what, what went on that season
1: yeah, throughout our career, we just would always take the best possible player. That's what I loved about the style of offense we ran. You know, we we ran three. We won three national championships, and two of them with quarterbacks that never ran. Yeah, you know, Chris League never ran, and or you know he did. I mean, I think every quarterback has to. Tom Brady, you know, uh, those you have to. Aaron Rodgers, you have to be able to, especially against great defenses. But we took the best possible player, and 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 Dwayne was by far the best quarterback available we had a, a young man commit he changed his commitment Dwayne was committed to another school there was transition at that school and I remember when we I was in New Jersey when we lost the one quarterback it was like I mean a flashback I get the phone call and I'm like my gosh you know where are we and I'm talking to Mark Pantoni. Mark Pantoni, where do we go and yeah. give me a list of the top five and I said where's Dwayne what's Dwayne doing and he said he coach they just fired their coach uh, Randy Etzel, I believe at at the time. And I mean, that night I was on the phone, I believe the next morning I'm in the high school, uh, talking to Dwayne Haskins. And I could tell we, you know, we had something going and I wouldn't leave. I was there all day, spent time with the family. Um, and he was, you know, I'm trying to think if there's been a higher recruited quarterback up to that point, you know, I don't believe there was for a while. And Yeah. uh, yeah, he transitioned us, you know, we, we, do what we can to build the strengths of what he can do and dwayne was as good a passer as i've ever been around
2: explain that to, i mean I, I you know he threw you know, the way i explained it he threw darts i mean you know I mean it's like you you know those guys that are just special they can do uh what was it about his style that just told you he could he could hold up basically in your offense i guess is the best way of putting it well, there's always two things. There's the skill
1: set, which, he, you know, he was tall. He had very good – a great release points, so he could seal with the top. Yeah. And that was one – J.T. Barrett was a shorter guy. You know, Braxton Miller wasn't a very tall guy. Cardell was tall. Uh, Dwayne could seal, had an excellent release point. So, number one, is skill set, and he had it all. You know, and a, I wouldn't say he's a 10 out of 10 in arm, but he was a 9, 8.5. I mean, he was a very accurate – and I'm talking about when I say 10. 10 is the best arm in the NFL – So he uh, had very good arm strength. He had His accuracy was a 10, and his anticipation and vision were 10s. And then on top of that, people don't realize this, he was brilliant. And Ryan Day and Corey Dennis did a great job with him. But he would come in on Sunday, spend a lot of time. And I want to say throughout his last year at Ohio State, the protection, because the quarterback's in charge of everything. If he sees pressure coming from his right side, he's got to – that's his job to fix that, because you can't block everything. You got to block what's coming, and he was—he he rarely, if ever, missed protection checks. So skill set, and then you start going the intangibles: intelligence, competitive spirit, uh, work ethic, and he was fantastic.
2: You know, uh, I had I talked with Sean Springs uh, way back when, and uh, obviously Sean helped nurture him. You know, former Ohio State cornerback, and uh, just talk about how what a student of the game he was. He he couldn't get enough. You know, when it came to you know defensive uh, deciphering defenses, everything else like that. I mean, that that showed up, right? I mean, this guy became a star his first year as a starter, and uh, you don't do that just like you said by snapping your fingers, right?
1: No, he was one of those guys. He you know in in this new generation, he was a quarterback can't kid. So he you saw that one video of him coming to Ohio State, but yeah. he was. He was trained. There was a guy named Bryson, I believe his name was, that I went to one of the workouts. First of all, I even brought the coach, the guy who trained him, I brought him in to work to so our coaches could watch uh, the workout they put that's him right. through. That's so right. he was extremely well trained. And what's interesting, Tim, is a lot of these kids that get this quarterback training their whole life, a lot of them get burnt out. It's like that that kid that's a baseball player and his dad has him in uh, you know, all these all-star camps and by the time they become a sophomore in high school, they can't take it anymore. Yeah. You know, Dwayne was a camp kid, but he got better and better and better. And I, I knew he was going to make it in the, you know, everybody taking shots at him in the NFL. He was good. He was young, inexperienced. You know, this world we live in right now, man, it's nasty. You know, it's it's mean. It's you know, give the guy time. Yeah. You know, I think he was in a perfect situation to learn from Ben Roethlisberger. And then I thought he was going to make a run to be the starting quarterback of the Steelers. As a matter of fact, I know he was.
2: Yeah. Hey, Urban, isn't it crazy when you think about it that he and Joe Burrow were competing for the starting job at Ohio State in that spring of 2018? I mean, isn't, isn't that crazy when you think about it? I mean, what the stable you had there? <laughs> well, I sent a group text out last night. I just was in, in prayer and
1: thinking about, you know, I keep, like all of us, you can't stop thinking about it. And, I sent a text message to Cardell Jones to JT Barrett and Joe Burrow. And I thought, you know, man, I love you guys. And, you know, think about that room. Yeah. I'm not just talking about the quality of player, the quality of person, you know, here's Cardell Jones. who's a legend at Ohio state, the national champion. You got JT Barrett, one of the most competitive, you know, big Ten, one of the best quarterbacks ever to put on a helmet at Ohio state and in the big 10. And you got then Dwayne Haskins and Joe Burrow, two first rounders, Joe Burrow's, to go down to the history as one of the great NFL quarterbacks. Now, so
2: we had them all right there. Hey, dude, there's no re- there. Uh, I, I can't imagine you ever being a college head coach again. Now, you know, you can take that with a grain of salt. I actually, you could do it in a heartbeat. But with the transfer portal going, you know, like Joe, I mean, your your clock is ticking once you start once you start your college career and stuff. And uh, and you were sitting there, you and uh, Ryan especially had quite the dilemma there to deal with, right, in 2018 because you had two guys who were capable of leading that football team. And how tough was that when you look back on it now?
1: Well, Joe Burrow was a starting quarterback. He broke his hand, I believe, seven days before our first game. Yeah. On contact, broke his hand and his throwing hand. So he's going to be out for two, three months. And uh, Dwayne Haskins was still young. Everybody forgets how young this guy was. And Joe Burrow was going to be the backup quarterback unless Dwayne beat him out. But going into the game, it was going to be Joe. Yeah. And so Dwayne goes in. Dwayne's very young, uh, you know, not a great leader yet. But you saw it coming. And then uh, the Illinois game in the rainstorm, he doesn't play well. He throws. He drops the ball. They run it back for a touchdown. And he just. And then the second or the, the second half, or that we were beating Illinois pretty good, and. I saw something. I saw him grow up right in front of me. And then, of course, the next week was legendary. JT Berry gets hurt. He goes in. We're down. I want to say we're down seven points. And uh, against the number one defense in America. And he runs, scrambles, drops his pads, get extra yards, hits a third down pass to Austin Mack. And we, we beat in on the road. We beat the team up north. And I went into the spring with Ryan Day, and we thought, okay, we have two great quarterbacks. This Joe Burrow guys I mean, he, you know, he struggled a little bit early, but, man, is he coming on. Yeah. And he's tougher than nails, a great leader. All the things you see now, we saw that. But we have kind of took the approach that Joe had to beat Dwayne out. And it was very close, but at the end, uh, we went with Dwayne. And, obviously, we love Joe. Joe handled it perfectly, his family. And it wasn't one of those he wasn't running from anything. We all agreed he deserved to be a starting
2: quarterback somewhere. And uh, to this day, we're still very close. Uh, with with Dwayne, like I said, you guys went giddy up when it came to the passing game. A lot of a lot of forces came into being there. Well, when was it that you just you told yourself, "Yeah, this is going to be our"? Actually, you had to miss those first three games of that year as being the head coach and stuff in the preseason because of a ridiculous situation. But I won't, we won't get into that. Uh, bottom line is, when did when did you just say yes? This can be our offense now. You know what I mean? I mean, uh, we we have a quarterback who you have to like basically kicking the rear end to run. But yes, this is the way we're going. Was that a tough? Was that a tough transition for you, or did you just go let's play to our strengths?
1: Yeah, it was tough. I don't. I believe in balance. I know. I believe. I believe the toughest team wins. I always the toughest team will win. I believe in run and stop the run. And maybe that's a little old school, but every year the teams that usually win national titles are because you have a great run offense and, and we weren't very good that year in run offense and we had some struggles, but we had elite receivers and you had a quarterback to do things that I've really not seen many quarterbacks do. So we had and our defense struggled that year. So we had to score a lot of points and Ryan day uh, was our offense coordinator and, and did a really, really good job with the pass game. And we, we did, we played to his strengths, but, I you know I I I think that was you know Nick Bosa uh, got hurt and we didn't get him back the rest of the year. I believe Chase Young had ankle sprains. That team could have won the national title. Yeah, you know that team was good enough on offense. We had those great receivers Terry, Paris, and them. You had uh, defense struggle, but we had good players. Yeah. Uh, but when Nick Bosa went down, you know that hurt us. But uh, I like balance. But we had to we weren't playing well on defense. We had to score points. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Irvin.
2: Uh, last thing about about Dwayne. When I like I said a while ago, what come, what stands out, you know, when I say his name. But man, I think about his smile. I think about his personality. I think about his ability to both be joked with and and to give jokes. Uh, just just a kind of a great guy to be around. Is that the best way of summing him up?
1: He was a guy that every day, I mean, it's almost had the same routine. I, I was ironically, Tim, I was there with my grandkids at the Woody Hayes facility when I found out the news and I was with Corey because the weather was terrible. So yeah, uh, we took him in there, let him run around. I walked by the hot tub. He would be in there every day and he'd be holding court. You know, he's the players loved him. I loved him. Everybody, yeah. you know, there's one thing about Simba, you know, he's, he's going to have a smile on his face. He's going to be you know, nothing going on academically, tremendous student, living life the right way. And I walked by and I just teared up and I looked and I said, man, that's where every day I'd see Dwayne right there in the training room in the hot tub area. And, and uh, just tragic.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, jumping gears real quick. I haven't talked to you since uh, everything went down in Jacksonville. My last time I talked to you was before you started preseason camp last year. And I, I kind of warned you, you know, that people, (laughs) NFL is a different. is a different animal, man. Uh, Everybody can complain. Everybody can have a problem, and uh, they don't necessarily have to tell you about it. They can go elsewhere, you know, with their agent, uh, with the NFLPA, things like this. Uh, First of all, there's no, there's no way you didn't know who Aaron Donald was, right?
1: You know, I, 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 when I heard someone told me that, and it's, you know, I've heard (laughs) silly things before in my life. It's almost. You shouldn't even address something like that. It's so silly. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Well, I asked, I asked uh, Ryan Day that facetiously in a press conference a few weeks ago, and it, and he laughed, you know. Uh, uh, but the bottom line, the, the point was, are you stupid? You know, this man knew who Aaron Donald was. Uh, the other thing is, what, what did you get out of that experience now that's driving you, Urban? Uh, everybody knows about details, this and that and the other. Some of them are made up. Some of them, you know, I, I can imagine you, you're a guy that, that lead that uh i don't know inspires by pushing buttons you know i've always thought that and some people can handle that some people can't and i know you can't handle incompetence you know what i mean uh but what did you get out of that that whole experience that's now that's helped you now move forward
1: well I, I have moved forward and that's why i'm really not going to you know being respectful tim i'm not going to spend much time talking about it it's yeah. my life gone. i i'm into some great stuff now with grandkids and my future and and doing things that, you know, I'm focused on uh, for 37 years. it was kind of the focus is on me. And it's not me. It's going to be Shelly, the kids, the grandkids and enjoying life and doing some other things that help others. And So, uh, of course, I learned a tremendous amount. You know, I I, I believe we got fired because we didn't win enough games. And in my strong opinion, I'd hear people rip our roster apart. We had good enough players to win games. You know, we didn't do a good job. And I've, I've always been a person You are what your record is. We were 2-11. and 11. That's terrible. Now, you know, they lost 15 games straight before that. Yeah. Uh, so it was a build. It, it was a build. And I believe we would have turned it. I thought we turned it when we beat the Buffalo Bills. And, he and I, we had some tough, tough injuries. Our defense was playing well, but our offense went to reverse. We just, you know, it, it was hard to put your finger on. You know, we had some, once again, tough injuries, but everybody has tough injuries. So we we should have done a better job. and lost too many games. Other than that, you know, you can go on and I, you know, like you said, I don't know who Aaron Donald is or you know what about this. What I'm like, I shake my hand like, what are you talking about? You know, if we we just got to win more games. You know, yeah. and I, I've seen it. You know, I, I just would always whenever I talk to our coaches or advise a young coach, just win game. You know, win win games and do it your way. You know, do the right thing, do it your way. But when you know, got to win, and we didn't do that.
2: Yeah. You found out, too, though, when they come after you, they come after you. Hey, last thing, are you uh, – uh, you know, you did a great job with Fox way back when and stuff, you know, before you decided you wanted to try your hand at being an a, a NFL head coach and stuff. And I'm just wondering, uh, you know, do you have something planned down the road? I mean, you know, do you, do you, try to, do you want to get back into the game in some form or fashion? What's, what's just your take right now?
1: Well, that's all still in conversation. I, I do. I love Fox. I love their team and the guys – Uh, there's nothing been finalized yet, but yeah, I plan on going back and and doing that. I really enjoyed that. I enjoyed, you know, I I enjoyed, you know, once again, celebrating those who play it, celebrate those who coach it. It's a great game, you know, not being the kind of just ripping people to shreds, but just to, you know, celebrate this incredible game and most important, the players that do this game. So uh, that's, I plan to be back in the fall doing
2: something like that. Oh, that'd be great because, I mean, I thought, you know, for example, when you were at Fox, that became the, the pregame show to watch, you know, and I think a lot of people agree with me on that. But, uh, Urban, uh best of luck to you, my man. And, boy, the tough circumstances with Dwayne, uh, just, boy, just you can't, like you said, you can't wrap your head around it, right? I mean, it's like uh, uh, just I, – I, I last thing, I, I talked with Dwayne several – quite a few times, actually, when he was at Ohio State. And what got me, like you talked about earlier, was his intelligence – but his depth. And he, he wanted to know things about you too. You know what I mean? It wasn't a, he wasn't a selfish guy. I mean, that's, no. that, that's rare almost these days, isn't it?
1: I mean, go ahead. Well, I, I get home from, I mean, every, you're numb when you hear the words and I, I you know, I sent out a text to Paris Campbell, Terry McClure and Johnny Dixon. And and I'm yep. just like numb. And Corey Dennis was really close with him and I get home and Nikki has tears in her eyes. She was, that's Troy's favorite player. Troy's my grandson. Yeah. That's not by accident. No. You know, no. Troy was at practice all the time. And here, here's, you know, Dwayne Haskins, who was the nicest, you know, and sincerely nice. He would, you know, I have a picture of him holding my grandson. And, and that was, that is Troy's favorite player at Ohio
2: State. Think about that. That's yeah. not by accident. Yeah. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, Urban Meyer, Urban, we'll be talking. I'm sure a lot more, man. I appreciate you. Yeah, let's do this a lot, Tim, especially during the fall. Thanks. You got it. Yeah, I appreciate the Urban Meyer coming on the Tim May podcast. He and I may be doing some things in the fall uh, as things shake out. We'll see how that goes because uh, you know Urban has had his has had his troubles over the over the last years uh, since taking that Jacksonville Jaguar job and being summarily dismissed. Uh, uh, but uh, Austin, I mean. You know, he's still Urban Meyer. He's still one of the winningest coaches in college football history. He's probably going to be on a television screen somewhere near you in the fall, I do believe. I'm talking about you folks out there, not just me and Austin. And uh, I'm kind of looking forward to that because I thought he was really hitting his stride uh, that second year doing those Fox broadcasts, uh, pre-game Fox broadcasts before he decided he wanted to dip his toe into the NFL and ousted that hurt uh, coming out of it. But you notice I did... Ask about the Aaron, Aaron Donald situation about whether he knew who Aaron Donald was, and you know you saw the look on his face, and uh, you know it's funny how people take an anecdote unsubstantiated from somebody else and just run with it. Uh, and uh, like I told you, man, uh, Urban Meyer for born of another term, Urban Meyer kind of coasts with a steel-toed boot. You know, he liked to uh, he liked to aggravate people, uh, whatever it took. You know, don't tell me about what you've done; tell me what, about what you're doing. Uh, to, to make this team better, uh, stronger, faster, whatever. And, you know, that was a tough season for him to endure, wasn't it?
0: Yep. And uh, I don't think that Fox will have a lot of doubts about bringing him back in because he was very good uh, at that work on Big Noon kickoff. And, you uh, know, I think he would use some of that steel-toed boot that you referenced to uh, needle those guys back on the panel with him and think they had a good thing going. And, yeah. I think a lot of people wish that he hadn't given that up, including Fox, but yeah. if, if he's got an opportunity to go back there in some capacity, I'm sure that that door is not closed on him. Um, you know, I, I think that a lot of that stuff that worked out in Jacksonville didn't – we said this a couple of weeks ago. It wasn't a surprise. Now, I think pretty confident saying that he was aware of the best players in the NFL because he tried to recruit them all when he was a very, very successful college football coach. So – yeah, uh, context is important for all that. Uh, I know it, I know he gave it, he doesn't do anything at half speed. So I know that he gave that his best effort and didn't work out and he's still going to need something to fill that, that void on weekends in the fall. And I, I feel like I have a good grasp on what that's probably going to be.
2: Yeah. You know, and it's funny because, uh, you know, warn is not the right term, but you know, in the NFL, I did point out, you know, before he even started the job back, at, back middle of the summer, last summer, that uh, in the NFL, you got, you got players who will tattletail on you to the NFL PA and you've got coaches who will gripe to their agents who will then leak it to whatever about, yeah, well, it's not my guy's fault. It's the head coach's fault. You know what I mean? Type thing. And then the snowball gets rolling on you. And that's exactly what happened to him. I mean, if you weren't, you know, when he was hired there as the head coach, he wasn't going to presto change you know, whatever, change into like some other kind of coach. He was who he was. You know, this idea about his work ethic and stuff that was questioned in that one, one article we're talking about, which I won't even name, but uh, you know, Urban Myers always been early to bed, early to rise, getting after things, et cetera. I truly didn't believe any of that aspect of it. Uh, but it is what it is now, and life will move on. Let me ask you this. Speaking of life moving on, uh, the one thing in this upcoming Saturday spring game for Ohio State, right now considered one of the top four teams in the country probably going into next season because it's got the great quarterback returning in C.J. Stroud. Everybody knows about the receiver core, et cetera. They can't be any worse than they were on defense last year. Like I said, like I told you, if they're just 25% better, I've said that a million times, that's a million and one. They're <laughs> gonna be a much better football team. They're 25% better on defense. But just what's that one? What's that one thing you're curious to watch? That one position group you're curious to watch on Saturday in the spring game, if in fact they do any kind of real football. Yeah, I, I don't
0: think it'll look that real. They they tend to go with the yeah. you know, from 15, 20 years ago, um, sort of my Philosophy for evaluating the spring game has changed to thinking you could leave it with a a better idea of the depth chart to trying to just understand what the pieces look like for the passing game and the pass defense. It's, you know, there's going to be some relative live elements to that. That's the closest thing that you're going to have to game competition is when they're throwing the football. So I don't need to see anything for Travion Henderson, Mayan Williams, maybe some of Evan Pryor out of the backfield, but. It's going to be the matchups with the best collection of wide receivers in the country against a secondary that I think is dramatically improved. So, and to narrow it down for you further, you know, Cameron Brown and Denzel Burke are, are returning starters. I, I don't think there's a lot that they have to prove or show on Saturday. We've seen and heard a lot about Jordan Hancock and Jacqueline Johnson. Yep. These are going to be some opportunities. I don't know who, you know, how they'll draft the teams, who they'll be lining up against. I do know. It can be anybody in the top six for Ohio State's wide receiving core, and that's going to be a test and a chance for them to show in front of 50, 60, 70-plus thousand people what they can do. There's pressure that comes from that. It's, even if it's not a live game, you know, they, neither one of those guys had regular opportunities to get in the lineup and play defensive snaps and play a cornerback last year. Um, you know, a couple glimpses and then some special teams before the injury for Johnson. These two have – super high ceilings. And they took to the offseason workout conditioning program, had great, you know, winners. Yeah. Uh, held their own when we've got opportunities to see them. Jordan Hancock was out there with the first unit on certain days when Cameron Brown was uh, you know, getting some rest and on a limited pitch count. I, look, Cameron Cam Brown doesn't need to play Saturday. So, both of those guys are going to have reps and chances to run around and and one-on-one coverage opportunities. I cannot wait to see how they handle it.
2: Yeah, it's funny because uh, Dom Tiberi on uh, Wall-to-Wall Sports uh, on Sunday night was grilling me on what do I expect to see from the defense, you know, that's different or whatever, and I kept telling me, you know, uh, you know, really, I don't expect them to show us a whole lot of the new wrinkles. We'll see a few things. We're going to see three safeties on the field a lot because I think that's – got to practice sort of what you're coaching, right, to a certain extent. Uh, we're going to see the linebackers playing, but I think they kind of – I think they kind of feel pretty good about where the linebacker play is right now, at least from maybe the top four guys there. They're only going to play two linebackers a lot of the time. But, it, you know, for me, it, it kind of zeroes in on – I'd like to see a couple of matchups if they go good on good, you know. I'd like to see Paris Johnson Jr. against Jack Sawyer a few times. You follow me? I'd like to see Donovan Jackson against uh, against uh, Tyleek Williams, who I really believe is going to really emerge, for example. I, I mean, just kind of like – just microcosms of things are what I'm interested in seeing. But uh, I am interested in if they go with good on one, you know, good, and then second team, third team. I'm interested to see who the three safeties will be out there, for example, if they if it's the number one defense on one side of the ball. And uh, and also envision, okay, I'm seeing this, but I'm also seeing Josh Proctor, you know, who we're, we're sure is not going to play in the game. I think we'll get to see him warm up some probably and uh, do a few drills and stuff. But, uh, I'm interested because that is, as you've, you and I both chronicled that is so key to what Jim Knowles is going to be doing this fall is having those three safeties almost play, you know, like a motion offense in basketball of knowing what each other is doing at any certain time. Uh, the coverage situations, uh, um, just right on down the line of getting people lined up, Tanner McAllister, etc. In this new Jim Knowles defense, it'll be curious to see how much we see of it. But we got to see a little bit of it, don't you agree? Yeah. And, I mean, it's what they're practicing, right? That's the other hard part about this because I don't expect Josh
0: Proctor to play on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, no, there's no reward for that; only no. risk. Um, now, the same may wind up being true for Court Williams, uh, but I think it's just he was limited during that student appreciation practice i think it's just a little bit of a you know minor precautionary thing with with the leg and and if neither of them are out there uh, you're getting a look at the depth and maybe that means we get to see a lot of kai stokes who uh has that black stripe off and can go run around uh yeah really a fun opportunity um make the most of that that boy um people are making some comparisons to Malik Hooker for Kai Stokes and that's a lot to put on somebody who is an early enrollee and I wouldn't say you have to become that in year one but they're not saying it by accident I don't think because they know how much pressure can come along with that so I was thinking
2: this I was thinking this very similar thought you know this morning uh, uh as i was just sitting around you know killing time which I'm really good at by the way and uh i was just thinking you know before Dwayne Haskins Jr. became the quarterback at Ohio State, you know the sort of the model was maybe probably Troy Smith, you know about just lighting it up. I mean, JT Barrett had a ridiculous four-year career, which everybody seems to have almost forgotten about. But oh my goodness, the records he left with from a career standpoint will probably never be broken in this uh, one-and-done era or two and two-and-flu. But uh, but I was just thinking, you know, is, is now who's going to be the you know who's going to be the next Dwayne Haskins Jr. You know who's going to be the next Jackson Smith and Jigba. Would we have been sitting here this time a year ago saying, wow, I wonder who the uh, – he's, he's Jackson, Jackson Smith and Jigba-like. You know, he has Jackson Smith and Jigba qualities. I just saw that in a, in a recruiting story. It might have been written by Burn, but uh, Birmingham, Jeremy Birmingham. But I'm just going, would we have been sitting here a year ago saying something like that? Probably not, right? But, man, when you get out there and you show you could do it and then you do it in a ridiculous manner – It is funny how your legend grows in college football, and it has to grow pretty fast, doesn't it, these days. you got to strike quickly. I mean, Malik Hooker
0: did. Yeah. One year, really, in the starting lineup. after. Yeah, one year, man. Revolutionized the position. Dwayne Haskins did it in one year. Marshawn
2: Lattimore, one year. Real, real. You're exactly right. I mean, it is crazy, and then you're looking for the next Marshawn Lattimore, you know, you're, you know. It's just crazy. I think you agree with me on that. Hey, uh, one last thing. Uh, um, The battle I've really kind of – I'm curious about, i told you this before spring started, you know, I think we're going to see a lot of Devin Brown and Cal McCord in that game. You know, and let's face it, we left last year's game, you know, we kind of understood where the coaches stood when it came to the quarterbacks, but really Cal McCord had the kind of game you left there talking about, you know. You, you really, you left there talking about this kid after he got his feet under him and had a really great second half. Uh, That's a, knowing who the backup quarterback is, is key, isn't it? I mean, coming out of this spring, uh, not not that they're going, not that Ryan Day is going to get up here and declare it. Although we do, you do believe Kyle Court still got the edge, of course, in that situation, but uh, it is going to be a curious time thing. I mean, a curious thing to watch, isn't it? Yeah, I think that,
0: Ryan Day's so rarely been in this situation with a second-year starting quarterback and all the time to develop, it. I referenced that a couple of weeks ago that Justin Fields was really the first one, but uh, I don't know. Did it count uh, with all the time that he missed on the practice field and in the facility and the COVID? Like, Right. This is, this is the first time to, like, really sink your teeth into it. But he also has that Ryan Day does with Kyle McCord and going through that full year of true freshman development, getting a start, Getting enough reps to build off and then head into year two, and you know, I think the roles are more clearly defined. And normally, it's not that way for Ryan Day because he's trying to establish a starter and encouraging competition all the way through. Now, I don't, I don't think that that means the same thing for the backup job because Kyle McCord is clearly at a different point in his development. Yeah, that well. like that's undeniable. Yes. physically, mentally, knowing the playbook, all of it. I think Devin Brown is very talented, but there all of that stuff is going to take some time. And if you want to have a different conversation, if you're Ryan Day about who's going to start and not start at this time next spring, I get that. But I think that this year will continue to be more unique. And there's no point in faking like there's a backup. That's the word. Yeah. Like, That's I the think, word. I think everybody knows it, knows yeah. the pecking order here. Yeah. And, and knows what. Kyle McCord can do. Like I get it that there's a lot of in- intrigue because Devin Brown's ascent was almost, almost out of the blue, ascent and commitment and recruitment and all of that to be the number one player in the country and the on three rankings, that stuff is always going to generate attention, but it's, it shouldn't be forgotten that Kyle McCord is a five-star recruit himself who has, uh, you know, worked with Ryan day and Kevin Wilson and Corey Dennis, uh, comes from a quarterback background with his father, uh, has played high level football um, and thrown to Marvin Harrison for years. Like he's got a lot, a lot, a lot going for him as well. Yeah, he's That's damn good. I mean, he's also damn good. <laughs> yeah, that not be forgotten. It yeah. not, i do not if anybody even has, but uh, it should be should be reinforced and probably underlined because I don't. I don't think there's any uncertainty about. Oh, I
2: yeah, I just meant you know you just want to. I'm just curious to watch this because, dude, I mean this is a several years in a row now where that quarterback room has been. Oh my goodness, I mean you know.
0: Yeah,
2: and I'm not and I'm not saying talented that. dudes, man. David Brown, watching him play in that student appreciation day, sad as I called it, but it was I was very happy. Uh, I, you know, just saw him just come on as that thing went on, and he threw some really nice passes, avoided pressures and things like that. And just, I mean, it's really like you just said, without saying it, you know, I don't think there should be any doubt coming out of spring who the backup quarterback is, but it is interesting because this time of year from now, yes. you gotta believe CJ Strauss probably going to be maybe the, the first quarterback taken in the NFL draft in 2023. And that we're going to be sitting here, there's going to be a battle of some sort. They have to they have to have competition. Right. But man, as, as uh, Dwayne Haskins Jr. showed, boy, it's really good to be that number two guy coming out of the previous year. You got a foot up on everybody. Right. And uh, uh, that's, what's going to be curious.
0: Yeah. I, I definitely wasn't trying to. I know you weren't. On any parade about watching Devin Brown. Cause I want to, <laughs> I mean, this is how you track the development. A lot of the things that I've said and like the comparisons to Joe Burrow that have come up with Devin Brown. Let's say that they're apps. I think that I've made them. Let's say that they are. Well, part of the reason that it w- we were able to track the development of Joe Burrow into that final spring game in 2018 to bring all this full circle is that you could see how far the deep ball had come from his first. You yeah. could see the physical maturation. Like you knew that there were going to be tools there, but they were raw. You knew that he could become, uh, you know, a physical presence at quarterback. But you're not that when you're an early enrollee or a true freshman. Devin Brown. I mean, he's not ready to be hit by a Big Ten defensive end. He's just – he's not. That's a, You can look at him when the pads are off and you say, I'd be a little worried if that had to be the case. And that's not a knock on Devin Brown. Like, obviously, he's good. But I want to watch that evolution.
2: You remember Joe? Remember Joe Burrow's first spring game? Remember what they did to him? He was the only quarterback without a black jersey on? puffing him up, you know? Yeah, but I'll tell you what. I, I told his dad, I mean, I've told everybody this story, he threw some balls right on the money as he was getting drilled in that game. And I, I left there with definite uh, impressions of Joe Burrow about being, you know, worth the scholarship, so to speak. I mean, worthy of being at Ohio State, et cetera. And, uh, boy, that just only grew as he was there. But you're exactly right about Devin Brown. And, uh, yeah, he do, does need a year under Mickey Marathi, et cetera. But, man, there, there are some – uh, quite there are some situ, some things about his talent that are unquestioned. I know you agree with me on it 100%, man. He was putting some balls on the money in that sad workout and uh, where I was happy watching. Hey, let me ask one last thing before we go. I know we we're trying to keep this short, but, you know, we just meander off and uh, people can obviously tune out whenever they want to. How much of an onus do you think we're going to – how much of an onus just right now – just give me a nutshell answer to this. Uh, Jim Knowles, Perry Eliano – Tim Walton. Yeah. What do you think fans want to see Saturday from what's new, what's different? Are these guys, are these guys really that much better than the guys they had before in those roles? You understand what I'm saying? I mean, what what would be a tip-off you think for a fan watching that game? Yeah,
0: it's it's the classic give and take of a spring game. If they create turnovers, if they get a couple interceptions, well, then you'll throw up your hands about Kyle McCord or Devin Brown and say, oh my gosh. These guys have the answers there. Look at the tight coverage now. Yeah. If you want to, the ideal outcome is that, you know, they throw a couple touchdowns and the secondary gets a couple picks. You know, I I don't know that these games get so wide open. Exactly. But you know, like if Tanner McAllister makes one play in slot coverage, swats a ball down and announces like, Hey, this is why I'm here. I brought this experience from Oklahoma state. Um, you know, I'm matched up against Ameka Ibuka or Jackson Smith and Jigba and making a big play. Like, you have to, in these spring games, like, you're going to get beat on both sides. It favors the passing attack. They're going to hit some throws. You're going to get beat deep. But you're going to yeah. have the opportunity to make a couple plays. So if if Jordan Hancock bats down a ball or gets a pick or if Tanner McAllister, like I said, makes a play or uh, Ronnie Hickman adjusts himself and makes a, you know, cuts off a deep ball down the middle of the field. You have to look for two or three or four plays and maybe it's how they line up. Maybe it's, you know, a a unique blitz they throw. Not that they do that a lot in the spring game, but, you know, I think there will be enough sprinkled in, whether it's plays that they make or a look that they show just to try and get through it, that you see where it's going, but you can't focus on this is what the stat sheet looks like. And a guy got beat five times. If he makes, two plays out of seven in a spring game. I'm calling that an a that's yeah. it's not,
2: it's not set up for the defense to win it. No, it's not. And, uh, like I said, there will be a lot of knee jerk reactions one way or the other. Just like, like from the sad, uh, scrimmaging, we got to see, uh, a couple of, couple of tight ends right up the same for touchdowns, you know, uncovered, <laughs> you know, I mean, if you're going to judge it just based on that, you know, wow, they've got a long way to go, but, uh, You know, you saw a lot of good things in there, a lot of shakeup from the standpoint of what they were doing uh, inside that, what I call that core nine people. That's Uh very interesting to me, and we'll see if it follows through in the spring game. Little snippets we can pick up, because I'm telling you, we're only seeing the tip of the iceberg of what's coming, I think, in the fall from this defense. Hey, Austin, once again, man, I appreciate you joining me. As you and I both know, you and I communicated on Saturday after this news broke. It's one of the more bummed out days I've ever experienced, especially being in the media because I was truly bummed out, I truly enjoyed my relationship and times I had with uh, Dwayne Haskins, Jr., may he rest in peace. No matter what the circumstances are of what happened on Saturday, he always treated me with great res- respect. We had conversations like you and I have on here that didn't seem to end, you know, when uh, when you thought they should have or when maybe the SID was trying to get you to end them. And uh, he always had time for one more question, you know, which I always – I totally appreciate it, and I know you do the same, right?
0: 100%. He's uh, going to be dearly missed. You know, I, I wish that uh, he'd stuck around for one more year. Self-ish, Me too. What you, you talked about. Um, and we'll ever, you know, it'll be one of those great unknowns. What would have happened uh, if that had gone down that path with this path? But ever he got to be a first-round draft pick and live out that dream after living out a dream. To be an Ohio State quarterback. Before that, he had reached his goals, and um, I know that he was at peace with those decisions that he made, and was trying to correct some others along the way to be a better, better man, better quarterback, better teammate, better uh, husband, everything. You know, he he was a man of faith, deep faith, and never pretended that uh, he was a finished product. And I I think that's one of the real tragedies of this whole thing is that. As I said, he was 24. He wasn't done, and we'll never get to know uh, what else was in store for Dwayne Haskins. So, uh, from the bottom of my heart, I appreciate my time with him, and I hope that uh, his his family, his friends, his teammates, um, all of them are able to find some peace as well.
2: Amen. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, Austin, I'll be back next week. You're going to join me again, aren't you, Austin? Your schedule. Your flight schedule is such I have to work you into my crew uh, occasionally. But uh, we're going to talk about the spring game, what we learned, and some other things. uh, But until next week, for Austin Ward, this is Tim May. We'll see you then.